You're listening to Smash the Bottom Line with Maddie Brown. Hi, this is Maddie Brown with Smash the Bottom Line podcast, and thank you for listening. We are glad to have you here. I have the great honor today of talking with a good friend and colleague, Don Del Vecchio. And Don works with women and empowerment and spirituality, and she has a skill set that is unsurpassed. And I love being able to share what she's doing with you because I think there are a lot of people that want to really work, and she is doing the whole global travel and keeping her business going and expanding and I'm really excited to hear how she's doing. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Well, so Don, tell us tell us how you got started in business. Ooh, that's a that's an interesting one. I I sort of have always had an entrepreneurial spirit and I would say my first true business endeavor began in Right after university, so let's say, I think 1991, I started a little desktop publishing company. And uh, I was very small. You know, I didn't really have good business-savvy skills, but I really was just putting myself out there to local businesses to help them design menus for restaurants, transcribe uh, documents, uh, navigate their way around um, um, Apple computers, that sort of thing. And uh, from there, I also uh, partnered with, simultaneously with partnering with the man who became my husband in running his martial arts gym and really putting some um, structures in place like contracts and schedules and things that he was willy-nilly about, I sort of started to see my knack for. Yeah. And so that was a long time ago, and I've had several businesses since then, but that's, that's really when it started. Wow. Well, how how long have you been traveling the globe with your business? Yeah, that's a great question. I first started, well, you know, I when my son was a young adult was when I really started. And so the year 2001, the spring, was my first foray alone, and that was to India. And then a couple years later, I moved to Southeast Asia. And that's when I began doing travel writing. So writing, for anyone who knows me, writing is the sort of common thread through a lot of this. It's my skills as a writer and development as a writer. So I had a writing, freelance writing business, magazine editor, that kind of thing. And then when I got trained, uh, what was it, like nine years ago now, working with Mind Valley, an internet marketing company for personal development, that's when the new iteration of the business came. But throughout, before that, during, and after, I was traveling primarily to Southeast Asia. Uh, that's sort of my hood in the world, if you will. And, yeah. of course, uh, domestically in the United States as well. So we're talking about mm, two, early 2010, late 2009, something like that. Yeah. Awesome. So what drew you to Southeast Asia? Did I say that right? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it really, whew, man, it started when I was a young girl and I was very, very attracted to, do you ever see one of those like uh, Asian import stores where they have the block print tapestry and the incense and 
yeah. Indian music. Yeah, well, when I was 11 years old, uh, when I was a young girl, my grandmother always took me to the local shopping mall in the fall to buy my school clothes. I was very close with my grandma. And this little import store opened up there. And I mean, it was a visceral attraction for me. I had to be in there. I wanted to smell the incense. I wanted to buy all the clothes. I wanted the tapestries. Really? So that was the big, yeah, it was a very, it was like something deep, deep inside of me felt such a draw. And then many years later, so all along, I was always attracted to that aesthetic, but I didn't have much resource, you know, access to it. Um, but then what happened was when I moved to Santa Fe, when that first, I first started that first business, uh, and I began dating the man who would become my first husband. He was a lifetime martial artist, and he was specifically an expert in the arts, uh, the national sport of Thailand called Muay Thai. And so that began the fascination with Southeast Asia in, in particular, and it has been a, a sort of intellectual and energetic and spiritual romance ever since. And on the side, something that's not part of my business is I've become really a, I would say, probably an expert in the arts, culture, and the architecture of South and Southeast Asia and the influences of India and China on those regions. So it's really deeply a passion of mine, but not as part, not per se as part of my business, except that I have retreats there. So in that sense, it is. So how, how much time do you spend traveling versus being in the United States and and how much time are you spending overseas? Yeah, that's a great question. It's I've reduced it recently. Uh I would say up until uh 2017, it was getting near a third of the year if you count some of the other places I've been in Europe and just traveling for other events and stuff. Um, and I've, I've brought that down a little bit just because I've gotten tired of traveling. <laughs> but basically, I spend about a quarter of the year in Southeast Asia, Thailand, Bali, Malaysia primarily, and uh, three quarters of the year here in Sedona, Arizona. So tell me how that works. How, how, do, you, how do you communicate and how does, that, how does that fit into your schedule? Uh, you mean, do you mean... Yeah. So, well, I've got clients all over the world. So, for example, right now I have uh, clients who live in Spain, Dubai, um, the United States, uh, Thailand, where else? Um, London. Did I say London? Uh, Malaysia. And it seems like there's somewhere else that I'm forgetting. Several states in the United States. So regardless of where I am, I need to use certain technologies to... Uh, whether it's private one-on-one coaching or whether it's um, a group. I have one group program uh, that I'm working with a group of nine women at a very intensive level. So I'm always using technology to facilitate that. Specifically, Zoom is my main medium of choice. I love uh, for Yeah. Yeah, Zoom is great. And... Um, and then we have uh, WhatsApp groups, group WhatsApp. And then, of course, when I host retreats, and I also do VIP uh, four to three, no, excuse me, two and a half to four day retreats here, one-on-one. So in that case, clients come to me and they work with me. Well, they can work with me here in Sedona. I've done them in Bali. I haven't done any yet in Thailand, funnily enough. 
so then that's just a matter of negotiating time frames and then they get themselves there and we do our work together, whether that's business intensive work or holistic healing and um, deep transformational work. So, so as you as you are now and today, what is your ideal client? Who are you? Who who do you help, and what do you do with them? Mm, that's great, Chris. Question. So, my ideal client is a woman who is very savvy and holds. It's like she has received spiritual marching orders to, so she holds a big vision for something she must fulfill. And, uh, at a, so her avocation is also her vocation or her business. Mm-hmm. And she's seen the noise in the marketplace. She has probably experienced some of the high ticket, low touch coaching models that are out there and has recognized that they are not actually in service to her and to to bringing her business forward. And so she wants that really bespoke touch from a woman who is both marketing savvy and strategic and also deeply, deeply spiritual. So the way I work with my clients, for example, I've been a soul evolutionary astrologer for a number of years. I've been studying it for many years. And I'm looking at their astrological profile for what is their evolutionary intent for this life on a soul level. And I work with NLP and hypnosis and ceremony and really the magic of life to really be sure they're connected with their vision and then and connected in a, a really like a sacred, uh, sacred way that's associated with what we could call the, the rising of the divine feminine on the planet. Yeah. And then from there, we unfold any, you know, whether it's developing a certification program, rolling out a new program, launching a membership site, all of that. Then we put in what is the strategy, what are the team, what are the implementation tools. All of that comes in the container, in the vessel of sacred feminine empowerment and sacred space. Wow, that sounds beautiful. Thank you. It's pretty magical. After having done the real left brain coachy people stuff, yeah. oh, this is so much happier for me and for my clients. <laughs> well, you and you have you have a successful business that has sustained the life that you have wanted to live for a number of years. So what would you say what would you say are the two or three things that have really enabled you to be successful? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So initially, it was a lot of hard work. That was initially. I had a steep learning curve. I had to produce a lot of, you know, content. And um, I had to generate revenue to invest in my business. And I did that a lot through co- copywriting because that is my my first skill set, so to speak, and so it was really a way for me to generate revenue. Now, things have shifted quite a lot for me. So I would say that my success now is it's a deeper, more satisfying level of success because I love what I do more. And it really comes down to I walked away from the noise in the marketplace. I walked away from the coaching industry as it is structured primarily I walked away from those models 
And I really turned inward and said, what is my own soul sacred intent for this life? And how do I want to unfold that? And it's a, it's a journey. So it's still unfolding. The few things became very clear to me. I did not want to work with everybody and do an empire building approach to business where I had tons and tons of clients. It's not in my joy to do that. My joy is to work with a few women. And sometimes I do work with men. I don't exclude men. I work with a few people very, very intensively. I give a lot. And I love it because it's an, it's, because I'm not overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I listen regularly. I have a, my daily spiritual practice that guides me through my life and through my business. And, um, I have, I don't have a problem saying no to a potential client if I don't feel that, um, they really want to bring forward their work. So, and I want to clarify that for a moment. I've seen a lot in the coaching industry, coaches who are building their empires, and so they're working with a lot of clients. I've been in a lot of masterminds where there are a lot of uh, want, basically what you would say is wannabe, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think there's maybe the 80-20 rule applies, that maybe 20% of visionary uh, women and men who hold a vision for a business actually are willing to do what it takes to bring that to um, to a really uh, success, and that those is, are the ones. Who, that <laughs> really, that is a really important point to make, and as far as the eighty twenty rule, because yeah. you are so right when you say that few people are willing to do what is required. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's one of the biggest. Um, personal development things you could do is run a business and it and that's where I feel like when when we are given as I am want to say sometimes our goddess marching orders when we are being driven by a soul or a a, a, a mission that's bigger than ourselves we're motivated in a different way and and that probably comprises possibly 20 percent so for me what I had to come to peace with was that I didn't really want to do that other model. I didn't, I wasn't really chasing after the millions. That may come in time and that's fine. What I want to do is work with the ones who are driven by a bigger mission and vision from their soul level and they have, they have the willingness to do what it takes. Yeah. You know, I talk to a lot of people that, that, that don't have the willingness to do what it takes in in respect and and it is it is challenging because mm-hmm. being self-employed is a tremendous tool for personal development as you said mm-hmm. most people aren't prepared to do that so successful business people are are actually um, relatively rare. You hear all kinds of statistics about how many businesses fail, and 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 the, that failure is usually because they weren't willing to do what needed to be done to be successful. Right, right, and and I think it's worth noting the re- requirement of a level of flexibility that 
And this is that thing, again, of being in tune with your own deep self. Your own deep self may call you to make a change that your mind was not prepared for. (laughs) (laughs) So this is where, and that's what I mean, I think that's sort of this level of sort of criterion of who I want to work with and who I've called, I've attracted to me as I embody that. Um, are the ones who say, wow, I saw in my brain that this was what I needed to do. But now I'm starting to feel there's a different guidance here and I have to sit quietly, listen, deepen in, trust that, and then walk in trust for what I'm being called to do. And I notice that the more that I do that trust walk, the more, and it doesn't mean not doing the practical stuff. I really want to emphasize here, I still have to do the practical things that I do. (laughs) But it's going in, giving myself permission to listen deeply and to trust that and go, okay, spirit, I don't really know exactly how this is going to look, but I'm going to start to follow this thread and see where it leads me. And meanwhile, you know, dot my I's, cross my T's, keep track of my accounts, all of that stuff, and just move with that. And I think what happens is once people start getting that um inner guidance, like the inner compass is showing them something and they're afraid to go with it because it doesn't look practical, that they get burnt out doing that old thing that everyone says is supposed to work. Yeah. I think, I think there's a, there's a theme of people that, that I work with and it is a much more spiritual perspective than you might hear from a lot of accountants. And so um, it's always it's always good to reconnect back to what's really important and follow your inner guidance so that so that you do live a life that you love and work with people that you value working with. Indeed. Not working for everybody and not not anybody with a pulse, but actually choosing clients that you work with. Exactly. That's it's a kind of rite of passage for coaches to fire a client. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've I've had I've had a a lot of clients and we do serve a lot of people because we do taxes and accounting and and um my favorite clients are the ones like you that that really follow their follow their dream and live the life that they are really called to live and i love being in support of those people thank you and yes i feel the same i love being in support of those people as well and i just want to say you know i get it that not everyone is cut out for this and that's not a judgment on people i i you know we are all designed differently we're wired differently we're called to different purposes in our lives. And there's a, there's a sexy appeal to my lifestyle. I could be a full-time digital nomad if I wanted to very easily, but I have a husband who sells real estate in Sedona, so obviously I'm not going to go away that long. Um, and I think what happens sometimes is people realize, wow, I'm not really cut out for this, to do it in this way or in that fashion or in this other fashion. And there's no judgment around that. It's just about really, you know, I would say anyone could benefit from tuning in and going, wow, you know, actually, I think I'd be 
I feel better just having a job. That feels better for who I am and how I like to have my days and my life structured. Yeah. And that's totally cool. And sometimes I think the entrepreneurial, you know, the the experiment of business owning can can teach someone that, can reveal that to some people. That, wow, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. And that's totally okay. We need all kinds of people in all kinds of roles of service and support on our planet. So if you were going to talk to someone about being being a digital nomad and and traveling and keeping their business going, what would be a, what would be a couple of tips that you would give them to to help them be more successful? Well, that's good. The first thing I would say is get your books in order, and that means working with an accountant accounting firm like yours, Maddie, of uh, someone who gets that lifestyle, who understands that you're going to be traveling a lot and, and knows how to maneuver that tax-wise. Yeah. Next to that, and, and next to that would be your legal guidance, you know, how to do the legalese of contracts and all that stuff. And next is your credit card companies as well because, you know, I travel into Indonesia and I'll tell you what, the, those little ATM machines, sometimes they, you can hardly take any money out and you need to keep taking it out. And if your bank doesn't know that you're taking money out every day, then you get it blocked. And so... So all of that, you know, your credit cards, your accounting, your legal stuff, that's the first piece of it. And then really, um, you know, I would explore, there are some amazing hubs for digital nomads right now. There's a lot of resources to do some searching on digital nomad hubs and um, getting in those communities where you could find out about the resources available to you. And um, then take care of your health. Be be aware that different countries have different, all sorts of different, different, different. You know, so if you're going to certain places, as they say, don't drink the water. So just be common sense about those kind of things. Yeah, awesome. So if 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 someone wanted to get a hold of you, I know you've written a book, and. Mm-hmm. How how could how could people learn more about what you do and where you do it and how you they might be called to talk to you and get some more information? Yeah. So there's my website, dondelvecchio.com, and there's a whole bunch of information on there. And if you are interested, if anyone here is interested in exploring the Empowered Feminine Leadership Retreats that I host in Thailand and Sedona, There's an events page on my website. There's also my contact. I mean, you know, if you go to my website, basically you can search around a little bit, find my email. You can find my events. You can find out what I do. And that's probably the best way. I don't have my book on there. So if you're interested in the book particularly, it's called Spirit, Mind, and Money. You can find it on Amazon. You can Google search my name on Amazon. So, yeah, those would be the ways. Awesome. Do you have anything else? You know, if you were if you were sitting sipping coffee with someone, what would be your number one principle for success? What do you think the most important thing is? Connect with your heart. In these times, as the world is changing, we have to do what we love and love what we do. So connect with your heart first, and then from there, definitely get the the right support 
to help you. And, you know, everybody's different. Some people are great with business, so they don't need business coaching. But if they need business coaching, then they need that. Yeah. Um, connecting with the heart is the first thing because if you just got a wild idea that's coming from your head because Joe and Sam and Bob and Sue are making money at it, that is just not the way to go about it anymore. It used to work. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Well, thank you, Don. I really appreciate you taking the time to share with our listeners. And if thank you, it has been a joy to talk to you as always. Indeed, Maddie, Maddie. I feel the same. (laughs) This is is Maddie Brown with Smash the Bottom Line. And the bottom line isn't always money. And that's something that everyone, I think, needs to take to heart. is, Is Money is important, but it isn't the most important thing. And so we want you to be profitable so that you can have more impact in the world. And that is really where success comes in. Smash the Bottom Line is sponsored by Smashing Numbers. Discover how to get your accounting in order, escape the cash flow trap, and finally enjoy a profitable business. Find out how at smashingnumbers.com.